Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planner Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC shares his planning approach to help people toward a place where they may be at peace regarding their financial goals. In this dynamic podcast, Royal will share his insights on how to design a retirement plan to help you plan for your future. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Life by Design with Royal Stanley from Oregon Pacific Financial. How are you, Royal? I'm doing great, Eric. Fantastic. Hey, today I know we're talking about your kind of your onboarding process, the, the guided discovery portion of your financial planning process. I'm, I'm excited to get into it, but before that, I want to ask you, how was your week? How was your weekend? Uh, it was great. It was great. You know, we had we had the Oregon wine experience here oh. over the weekend. I, I took my wife and some good friends to that. It, it was just a fantastic time. It's uh, put on by the Asante Foundation. I happen to be a board member there, raising money for the Children's Miracle Network. So mm. all the money that they raise and the estimate I heard uh, was it's a, a little uh, north of a million dollars that they Holy raised cow. this weekend. Wow. For uh, the Children's Miracle Network. Just a great time. We had over 100 wineries there from all over Oregon. The bulk were from Southern Oregon. We it, it, Just fabulous to see how much industry is there, taste some of the wine, some, some really great food. And I got to catch up with uh, some old friends uh, there at the event. So uh, if you ever get a chance to uh, to check it out, I, I definitely recommend it. It was a uh, time well spent on a, on a beautiful afternoon. So now that sounds fantastic. And I, I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but did you have a favorite? You know, actually, my wife and I both enjoyed the Upper Five Grenache. They actually happen to be clients as well, so uh, that that was nice. great. They have a, a fabulous little winery that they started uh, here probably about a, a ten years ago, and they, they're they're really getting their uh, their process down there. So that's that was exciting to try. Fantastic. Well, shout out to them because uh, it sounds like it was a, a great event, and I, over a million bucks. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's 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 really fabulous what what they've done with that event. It's it's our main fundraiser for the year, and and it's just such a give back to the community and the wine industry here in Southern Oregon that it's just fanta- It's a fantastic way to kind of celebrate our region. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's that sounds like it was a great time. Let's dive in today. I know that we had some questions from our last podcast about your guided discovery process and how it works, and and you know what is the specific process, things like that. Can you kind of dive into that for us and, and share that with us? Yeah, absolutely. So usually in our guided discovery process, that's the first time we're really sitting down with a new client. You know, we might have chatted on the phone just to get some, some basic established, but this is really the first time that we're sitting down kind of knee to knee going over what what hurts it, it, to, to use a, a kind of a medical parlance mm-hmm. there. Uh, what what's that pain point that that's brought them to this point where they feel like you know it's time that that we we brought in an expert to start looking at our financial life. You know we we try to make it as you know not intimidating as possible just because we know people are usually uncomfortable talking about money. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we we talk about. I mean, it's very rare, and I usually applaud parents when I hear them say that they actually talk to their kids about money. Absolutely. And the way they handle money and and best practices for handling money, because it's something that just never really happens. I'll I'll share this story with you and, and, you know, take it for what it's worth. But I I remember the main main money story I have in my head from being a, a kid was my father he had just sold, I think he sold an El Camino of all mm, things. Nice. 
and uh, he had $800 cash. And he said, Royal, come over here. Uh, here's $800 cash. And he counted it out in, in my hand. And he said, you'll, you'll probably only hold that, that much money a few times in your life. So I want you to have that experience. Wow. And, and so one, you know, kind of tells you the effects of inflation there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> but, but two, it, it was somewhat of a, I think, a passing on a little bit of a scarcity mentality. He had been a, he grew up during the depression, born in 1927. Yep. So he had that mentality of, you know, when you get money, try to hold on to it for as long as you can. Don't spend it. You know, that served him very well growing up in that period of time. But, you know, for for an entrepreneur looking to reinvest into a, into their business and, and that that sort of thing, maybe not exactly the best message to pass on to your kid. Yeah, there's there's definitely a place for it. But there's a time that you can't have that mentality. So I absolutely understand. Royal, when when Americans walk out their door, there are advisors all over the place one on every corner, and every advisor has a process that they take their clients through. A lot of them are just, hey, fill out this form, so it's not very personal. But what truly makes Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors different than them? Well, I, I will admit that we do have a form. Oh, but I would man. say the, the, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you, but yes, we do have we do have forms. My wife nice writes. My, my wife fills out all the forms. Royal. I don't have to worry about my hand. It's it's all her. Uh, you're a lucky man. <laughs> yes, you're a I lucky am. Man. So we do have a form, but however, when we sit down to begin this process, I really don't care, and I, I hate to say that I don't really care so much about what assets you're bringing in and and that sort of thing. What I really want to get down to is who you are as a person and what is it that is important to you? Because honestly, if you have a $300,000 IRA or a $20 million inheritance, it really doesn't matter. What matters to me is what are you trying to accomplish with this? Is it, you know, trying to protect your family? Is it taking care of the things that are important in your life? Is it creating experiences in your life that uh, you want to share with your loved ones? That's really what our whole process is built around is how do we find out what it is that makes you tick? And, and it's really interesting. Well, I'll sit down with a client and they'll, they'll start fishing out that, that dreaded questionnaire or paperwork or the statements we ask them to bring in and they'll want me to look at it. And I, I really try not to look at it in, until I get to the point where I just have to, because there's specifics that we need to start looking at. What I really want to kind of gather from them is who who are you? What brought you to this point? Who are the people in your life that, that you care about? And what are the things in your life that you care about? That really defines what that guided discovery process is all about. And until we kind of figure out what brought them to this point and what things they're trying to accomplish here, all the other numbers and, and, and facts and figures and, you know, what their allocation to, to large cap growth is just doesn't matter until we really find out kind of what they're living for, not just their investable assets. Royal, you and I could sit across the table or hopefully more comfortable chairs and, and just sit for hours and talk over a bottle of wine. I'd have no problem with that because I'm, I'm very outgoing. I'm, I'm an open book, uh, but not everybody is like that. And so some of these questions may feel a little personal. And, and what do you want to know about my kids? And why do you want to know, you know, about my religious affiliation or, or the charities that I like or, or things like that? 
what's the point, I guess, or, or why should they be sharing this information with you? Well, that, that, that's a great question. Um, the, the major reason is because often no one's asked them how they want to pass on their assets to their kids. Mm. If they don't have kids, no one's really had a conversation of, well, what do you want to do with all this that you've accumulated? So I think there, there's some amazing questions in there that we can start uh, uncovering and sort of like peeling back an onion. As we learn more and more about people, we can provide better and better advice. If you, you just come in and you throw some statements down on the table and say, okay, just, just tell me if I have enough money. Yeah, we can do that. That's, that's simply some, some, some math. What we can't tell you is, hey, are you using this money in the best possible way for you and your family? And that's really what gives me energy. If all you need is somebody to, you know, manage your assets and, and kind of just not not do anything else, we can certainly do that. But that, that doesn't really give me any joy in my life. I'd much rather have a real conversation with a client and help them get to that point of a piece around, you know, making sure they have enough making sure that, that they're providing for their kids and the things that are important to them in their life. And then what's going to be our plan for passing on that wealth? And more importantly, those values that you've had all, you, all, all of your life that you would like to pass on. That, I think, is the most powerful part of what I do, is helping clients just kind of take a step back and say, yeah, I, I, I'm going to leave this IRA to my kids. Mm -hmm. But have I really talked to them about what's important to me or what are the priorities I'd like them to consider if I leave them this money? You know, is it, you know, just just do what you want with this or is it, hey, I want you to take care of your, your kids. Hey, I want to make sure that, you know, my, my, my grandkids are taken care of. That sort of, those sort of conversations really come out of our guided discovery process. Well, do you help uh, facilitate those conversations? Uh, I do. I do. Okay. Um, oftentimes, it's really, I think a lot of people just need encouragement and, and permission of how to start those conversations. I, I was talking to um, someone ju just, just recently, and she kept trying to have that conversation with her kids of, listen, I'm not going to live forever. We, you know, we, need, we need to look at this. And it, it was just interesting. They, they always would push back on that and say, hey, you're going to live forever. You're going to live forever. And then they, they lost a, another loved one. And that kind of brought everything back into focus saying, yeah, we, we, we don't all live forever. And if we don't have these conversations early enough, we might never get a chance to. So just kind of being that advocate for an open line of, of communication with, with families bring, brings a lot there. And I can help kind of guide a client through that process of, of bringing up those those conversations and even kind of bringing them in to say, hey, this this is what your mom or dad wants to do with the money they've accumulated. And this is how you fit into that. How do you feel about that? Mm -hmm. and, and walk them through all that. Gotcha. And one other thing is we'll often do uh, multi-generational meetings. So where we'll have mom and dad and the kids come in for uh, that meeting to kind of go over things, to kind of explain, hey, what's going to happen when mom and dad pass on? Oftentimes, this will be just a way of getting to know all the parties that are involved mm -hmm. and hopefully be able on kind of neutral ground to talk about these highly emotional subjects Absolutely. of what's going to happen to mom and dad's wealth. 
Yeah, that I mean, that can't be easy. I know I've had had that conversation with my parents. I'm I'm different than my sister, though. My sister can't talk about it. Uh, she does not like to talk about death. Doesn't want to think about it. It's it's one of those things that no, they're going to live forever, uh, and and we just know that that's not reality. So I get that. That that's got to be a very powerful meeting. Um, now that takes care of the kids and and possibly grandkids in a multi generational family meeting like that. What if it's just one spouse, right? One spouse passes, and and how do you how do you have those conversations? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So a lot of times I'll meet with a with a married couple and. Unfortunately, we have to kind of live with the, the realities of uh, life expectancies. Mm-hmm. So in general, there, there's quite a gap there between uh, male life ex- expectancy and female life expectancy. And quite often, and not in all cases, obviously, but we'll often see a, a man with a younger wife in a lot of cases. Now, in those cases, we might be looking at you know, 10, 15, maybe even 20 years, if everything kind of goes according to statistics, where the man might pass away and the wife will just be left on her own. So how do we protect her? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we look at maximizing Social Security? How do we look at maximizing pensions? And, you know, how do we take care of all that? Uh, I, I've had way too many conversations where, you know, the man has talked to his buddies at work about just taking the highest pension amount because, oh, the wife will be fine. And mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting to get the wife's perspective on that, especially once we've done a financial plan and we showed them what that looks like. It, it's, it's usually a very quick decision uh, not to, to not to take pension benefit without a survivor's benefit. So, so we we definitely want to look at that, and and you know we also do uh, planning for sa- same sex couples as well, and and that kind of that's certainly been simplified now over the last few years. But back ten years ago, that was a much more complicated process where you had to kind of string along quite a few planning documents to make sure that they're taken care of as well. Moving into kind of some other things that I see quite often is people want to take care of the things that are important to them, such as uh, church. Mm -hmm. I I have quite a few couples without kids who are just looking to pass on their wealth, either their church or uh, charities or a number of charities. And it's really having that conversation of uh, how best to do that. And in some cases where they where they have kids, they still want to give to the, their churches and charities, which I I I love to see. You know, I think there there's a lot of debate there on how beneficial it is for kids to inherit wealth from their their from their parents. A lot of times, I've seen a, that ruin lives. Yep. Because they're just not ready to handle that. So we'll we'll talk about that. You know, some some topics there are looking at giving qualified or IRA monies to charities and leaving the the after-tax accounts to the kids. So we'll we'll kind of walk through that. We'll review beneficiary forms and whatnot. Um, you know, and, and kind of wrapping up uh, all this as uh, – I'll probably kind of put this under the umbrella of defining what's important to people. You know, there, there's people who just want to come in and say, you know, I just don't want to worry about any of this stuff. I want to hire somebody who can look at it and just make sure that I don't have anything to worry about down the road. And we can do that too. Fantastic. Royal, I want you to make me a promise. I want to come back to the, the kids issue, kids and grandkids issue when it comes to passing down wealth. 
I want you to do a podcast about that, how to do it effectively. Because, and I will provide some statistics for this because I know that there are major statistics about how much wealth is appropriate to pass to a child mm-hmm. or to a grandchild. And it's a lot less than most people think, at least, at least it's where it needs to be protected because it can be a terrible influence, just an influx of, of finances that they're not prepared for. And it's pretty, it can get pretty ugly. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's one of the, one of the values I I feel like this guided discovery process brings is being able to ask that questions of, you know, what do you think is going to happen to Tommy when he inherits, you know, a million dollars? Is that going to be a good thing for him? Or should we be looking at another solution? So I think that's a great idea. I'd love to come back to that topic. Yeah, absolutely. Because it really truly is the the planning portion of your discovery process because i can tell you right now if if i were to kick it tomorrow i don't know if i would want my son to inherit two million dollars which he won't because i don't have that but (laughs) if if i had that royal i don't think i would want him to inherit it at this point if god forbid something happened both my wife and i because he he's young he's barely in his 20s and it's just not a good idea uh, at this point but if i have something in writing now and I don't pass for 20, 30, 40 years from now, Mm -hmm. everything can change, right? So I think that's a huge piece of it. You know, we want to plan, you know, hopefully 30 years down the road when I pass, what does that look like? How does the money get passed at that point? That's completely different than what happens if it happens tomorrow. So I'm sure it's just an ongoing process. And that's part of your annual review process and and all those other things that you do with your clients. Absolutely, Fantastic. Kind of wrapping up all that, then we get down to why are they really here? Mm-hmm. Because some, you know, people don't just wander into a financial planning office and just sit down and go, you'd, <laughs> what, you'd what, what do that. you guys do here? <laughs> yeah, you'd love that, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> we need a, a, uh, a barker, right? Uh, somebody on the sidewalk, getting them in there? Exactly. All right. Exactly. Just passing out flyers, flipping a sign. <laughs> flipping the sign. Right. Yes. Flipping a sign. Fantastic. Yep. <laughs> but usually the, something brought them in. It's usually they're they're getting closer to retirement. Maybe they just had an inheritance event. Maybe they just kind of started to to not be able to sleep because they know there's things that they need to be doing that they haven't been. Mm-hmm. So we want to get into the meat of that because that's what we want to solve, uh, along with all these other issues while we're going through the planning process. So we'll get, we'll dive into that, and everybody comes in with with a slightly different bent of what they'd like to fix, for lack of a better word. So at that point, that's really where we'll start getting into all the documentation we bring client, we ask clients to bring in. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the questionnaires, their current investment statements, and then their taxes. We, we want to look over the taxes because that's really the, the, the historical document of, you know, how much money have you made? How much interest dividends are your investments throwing off? Are you having to take out required minimum distributions? And wrapping the taxes around all of this, all these conversations, I just feel like is extremely important. And I feel it's one of the most overlooked areas that financial planners have is they they don't spend enough time looking at the taxes to really get into what they recommend and how that's going to affect those taxes. One thing I hear a lot is that financial advisors, they want to help their client at all these aspects and and service them in all these different areas of their life. But one hurdle seems to be that clients, they, they may have investments someplace else that they don't necessarily want to tell the financial advisor about. And, and I, I, I've told people this time and time again, you've got to bring everything, everything to the table, because with the 
tremendous process that you take them through, you have to know where everything's at so it all works together. Do you, do you experience that, that some, there's some hesitation there? Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. But if you're, if you're coming to see a financial planner and you, you want them to really give you um, an unbiased look at kind of everything that's going on in your financial life, mm-hmm. we have to have all the facts. Yep. If we don't know that, that you have a inherited IRA over here, throwing off a whole bunch of, of income. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we need to we need to know all the facts to give you the best plan possible. So when we build a financial plan, we really try to build it with the idea of you could take this financial plan back to your current advisor and have him implement it and show it to him and say, okay, this this is what our financial planner recommended. Mm-hmm. Now oftentimes people don't have that relationship. So we'll, we'll end up helping them with the investment implementation as well. But when we build a financial plan like that, we really want people to, to, to kind of take it away and, and, and be able to implement it anywhere they want. That's great. So really at, at this point, you know, usually I would say uh, 80, 90% of our clients have that retirement focus is the reason they brought them in. Mm-hmm. So then it's diving into what retirement looks like for them. What do they want to accomplish? What's important to them? It always terrifies me where I have somebody who's been successful, worked for uh, 35, 40 years, and says, hey, I'm going to retire next year, and they can't answer this simple question. Well, what are you going to do once you retire? Exactly. So if you can't answer that question, I'm not saying you can't retire, but you you should really kind of take a step back before you do to kind of plan out. What it is that, that that you're looking for in retirement? Is it simply just not having to go to work? And especially with with men, and I don't want to I don't want to be stereotypical. Go ahead, here, but come I, on, but I bring, it. <laughs> bring it, bring <laughs> it. Um, we put so much of our identity into work mm-hmm. and who we are at work that once that disappears in retirement, it, it can be very tough on people. It can be very tough to kind of defining. Okay, well, you know, I I used to be important now. You know, <laughs> now it's changed quite a bit. Now I'm just just one other guy at the golf course or mm-hmm. one other guy at the country club. So, yeah. And that's the other thing. Oh, I'm going to golf. I'm just going to golf. Well, there is winter in a lot of areas of the country, and it's really hard to see a white golf ball under, you know, two inches, three inches, five inches of snow. So you've got to have right. something else to do. I think people lack purpose and that's where things kind of go off the rails. If they don't have that purpose and your purpose can be playing golf and and enjoying family and friends and all that. But if you're a a hard worker that is used to working 40, 50 hours a week for that many years, you're going to get bored quickly because you're not always going to be able to golf. You're not always going to be able to just call up family and hang out with them all the time. You've got to find something else that will fulfill that need. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so we try to we try to uncover that of, of what what that retirement picture looks like for mm-hmm. them, uh, and then kind of finally as we wrap things up, and often this will, this will kind of spill over into our our next meeting where we'll deliver the financial plan is we'll kind of answer those questions there that people have about well what happens when I pass away what happens to this what's that process and we'll kind of explain you know the probate process you know pros and cons of having a trust how those kind of different uh, legal documents work. Now, we're not attorneys, but we, we deal deal with this, you know, many times a year as clients pass away. So we, we, we have, a, I think, a, a unique perspective there of walking clients through, you know, kind of the 
the easiest way of getting through that that estate planning process for their loved ones and their heirs, you know. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to I was just going to say, you know, if 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 you have a strained relationship with your kids, maybe don't do any of that planning and just leave them a nightmare if you want, you know, to get that last word. But otherwise, <laughs> that's I would terrible recommend. advice. That's terrible. <laughs> Funny, but terrible. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you want to be vindictive, that's one way of doing it. That is just, definitely just, that's definitely one way. Yeah, <laughs> you could just slip a trout, you know, in their in their vents. Uh, that's I think that'd be plenty to do. Just you know. <laughs> No, oh, we shouldn't give them any more ideas. Okay. That's, that's true. That's we've true. gone off the rails here. <laughs> so, um, and, and I'm sure you have partners, uh, you know, or, or real estate planning or excuse me, estate planning attorneys that you've partnered with in the past or you've done work with, or you could recommend to your clients. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I'm, I'm very careful not to, not to recommend anything because I'm not an attorney, but true. Uh, we, we definitely have some great estate planning attorneys that we work with to help implement all of those legal documents, get everything funded if we're setting up a trust, and, and and just work with clients to make sure that everything's taken care of there. The other thing I'll, I'll, I'll bring up occasionally, especially when going back to kind of kids and that worry about, well, how, how is my child going to handle inheriting this money, is we'll also talk a little bit about maybe doing a pre-inheritance event. All right. And that's really where, and you can do this with, with your kids, you can do it with charities, but it's basically where you say, hey, I'm going to give you a sum of money. It doesn't have to be, you know, extreme, but it should be enough. And just say, hey, I want to see what you do with it. Hmm. I want to see how long it takes you to buy a new car. I want to see how long it takes you to, you know, invest it. How, you know, how long it takes you to book a, a vacation to Disneyland. Yeah, no Because kidding. everybody handles it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Royal, you've given us a great in-depth view of your guided discovery portion of your financial planning process, but we're, we're running out of time. So what are we doing for the next podcast? Give us a teaser. Next time, we're going to be just going into talking about risk. We're going to be going into how to evaluate it in your portfolio and what it actually means when we talk about risk. Uh, it should be fun. Okay. All right. So not the board game, not the board game. Okay. Well, yeah, we can, I'm I'm sure we can slip a thing in there too, about some strategies, something. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Do you have any closing (laughs) thoughts for us today? Yeah. I just want to kind of just wrap everything up and, and just kind of invite people to check out our website, check out our process that includes that guided discovery. And if it feels like it's something that might be valuable, give us a call. We, We can maybe look at setting up some time to walk you through that process and help you kind of define what those, those things are that are most important to you. Nice. It, again, it is a conversation that you need to have, and there's no better guy to have it with than Royal. So please get in there and do that. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device, which makes it incredibly easy to share with your friends and family, which is a great way to kind of segue into this conversation if you have parents that you want to have the conversation with and you don't know how to approach it, hey, tell them, hey, I listened to this great podcast the other day, set them up, show them how to get the podcast on their phone or their computer or whatever, so they can hear it and understand the importance of having those meetings and and kind of kind of give them that little hint, if you will. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. 
The views expressed are those of the presenter and may not reflect the views of United Planner Financial Services. Material discussed is meant to provide general information and is not to be construed as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Individual needs vary and require consideration of your unique objectives and financial situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Advisory services offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through United Planner Financial Services of America, member FINRA and SIPC. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. and United Planners Financial Services are independent companies.